Hello there ladies and gentlemen and welcome to another episode of CookieCast. Today on CookieCast it's the football podcast. Everybody's here, everybody's present and we're all talking football. Sounds like a recipe for a football podcast to me. We've got last week's games, this week's games and everything in between. Before we get started, please do consider like, share, subscribe and comment. Leave a review where you can leave a review. The big one, the main one, share the podcast around. If you've got a football fan in your life, send them this podcast. They might even thank you for it. Right, let's get started. Here we go. This is CookieCast, the football podcast. Recording in progress. Well, welcome and on in, ladies and gentlemen, for your weekly dose of football-based nonsense from everyone here at the CookieCast Podcast Network. For those of you watching on YouTube, you'll notice that we appear to be back to a full boat this week, as last week, obviously, one of our prongs, is it, is it times of a fork? Is that the technical term? Fuck off if you keep going with that. There we go. Um, one of those particular proms or times just uh, chimed in there, I believe. Um, yes, he was he was missing last week as it was his it, it was his jolly old birthday, wasn't it? So welcoming back in last week's birthday boy, Mr. Stuart Woodman. See, how are you, sir? Hello. Yeah, I'm I'm good. Another year older, another year wiser, clearly. And, and well, another year closer to death. Ah, cheery. Uh, obviously, uh, <laughs> rounding out rounding out the group, of course, it is uh, Mr. Matthew Moore and Mr. Andrew Cook. How are we, gents? Good. Are we as chipper as Mr. Woodford is just there? <laughs> I mean, I don't want to give the, the listener details, but the, uh, I was, and then I had like, the hour from hell, which, you know... <clears throat> well, oh, now the, the listeners don't want to need, or listeners or viewers don't want to know why. Uh, uh, I made the mistake of going into a shop today, where the the shop the shop was in the process of putting a bullet in the back of Halloween's head, with uh, Christmas music. What? And I was I was going to record it and send it to Stu so that we could both just join in with the collective venom for such things. But yeah, <coughs> I was. But then, but then we wouldn't have a podcast to do because we'd both be on arson charges. So <laughs> I must admit, I went I went into Tesco yesterday to get Halloween treats on the day, and uh, there was four four boxes of the sweets left. To which I said to one of the people working there, "Go!" I said, "Oh, where the, have you got any other sweets?" And they went, "No, we've put them away for this year." Kind of thing, and I was like, "What?" So like, you got the Halloween stash at the back, kind of thing, and now we've got to get all the Christmas crap out, basically. I was like, "It's the actual day." It, it, it's a strange phenomenon, but obviously we could sit here and talk about that for ages. But you know, you haven't you haven't tuned into uh, to hear about us rant about thanks Thanksgiving, Halloween, Christmas. Etc. I mean, we could run about Thanksgiving. That's around the corner. Um, 
Instead, we're here to rant about the football. Much, much more interesting. And we'll start with a rant based in Humberside, where Hull City were taking on Preston North End. How did this one play out, Mr. Woodbury? And dare I, dare I ask, were you indeed in attendance? Uh, so, uh, two out of the three um, Woodbury boys were in attendance. Myself and Seth for this one. And, uh, yeah, it was a great atmosphere. They did kids for a quid, so they managed to sell out the stadium, top deck as well, so it was nice. And full stadium, looking for a decent game of football, looking for three points at home since the opening home game of the season. Um, I mean, they got three points. The game was nigh on terrible. Uh, but that's because Preston came to set it up and basically just spoil the game. I was about, the, to, I was about to put my hand up and say, it was against Preston and we uh, their form would suggest you're not going to get a good game of football. Yeah. I'd be interested to see when they crop up against Borough at some point, if they just do this every time. But that is a group of players that have no interest in actual football. It's just turn up, spoil the game, see if we can get something on the counter. And the, that, that to me, is not what people want to watch. If if I had to watch that week in, week out as a Preston fan, I would be livid because it was awful. And There were six yellow cards in the game and four of them were for Preston, but the referee probably could have got them out a, a good bit earlier in the first half. Uh, he pretty much lost control of the game by the time that he decided to and then was giving him out like confetti. Um, but yeah, the, the last last action of the first half, Philogene uh, was put through, clean through on goal, took it slightly to the left and we've discovered that as, as good and as tricky of a player as he might be that plays on the left, he's got no left foot. And uh, decided to try and check back in at which point the Preston bus just uh, arrived on the six-yard line and just crowded him out. And it's a one-on-one with the keeper. You're on the left-hand side. Even if it's your weaker foot, if, if you pull it back and mess it up, you look like an idiot. If you swing your foot at it and miss it, you look like an idiot. It's the same result. Just at least, you know, buy a ticket. Just go for it. But is he so, one of these guys who, who's been, he's been used as, I believe the term these days is, an inverted winger? Well, from what I've seen, that's that's kind of he's making it his thing. Like he he's done it for uh, the England under twenty ones, whereas he's, he's doing it for Hull. He's far too good a player for the side that we have. But my only sort of criticism with him is that he, he needs to learn to pass. He wants the ball all of the time. When he's got three or four options on, he takes the option where he'll run into a group of players and just. A, Trundles into nothing, and that's it. Opportunity's gone, usually. However, second half arrives. He picked the ball up about sort of two thirds down the pitch, I guess, right out on the left hand touch uh, touchline. By which point, um, their couple of their defenders were sat on yellow cards, so couldn't really touch him. Um, he managed to draw them both in and then just nip through a little gap that he created in the middle, so beat two defenders at once. Uh, heading for goal, the 
the, the remaining centre back managed to take him out of the, the kind of equation by just nipping the ball away slightly, and then it sat perfectly for a shot with his left foot. And bearing in mind that everybody screamed at him in the first half after he didn't use his left foot, swung it, went right across the goal to the right hand side, hit the base of the post, and went in. Perfectly nestled, the keeper had no chance, and uh, yeah, it, it finished. 1-0 to Hull. Uh, the goal was scored in the 68th minute. But yeah, it, it, it wasn't it, it wasn't lots of fun. It was a decent atmosphere. It was nice that we got the points. Um, but yeah, 1-0 win at home. And like you say, first home win since the uh, opening weekend of the season. So, a welcome return, shall we say. Uh, Predictions-wise, I was the only one who didn't have a, a whole win on this one. I'd gone for a 1-1 draw. Uh, I had Delap and Keane to score, so no points for me on that one. Everyone else had a whole win. Two, uh, Stewart gone 2-0 with Delap and Slater, so she gets the one point for the result. Matt had gone 2-1 with Delap and Philogene to score for Hull. Osmaiju to score for uh, Preston. I believe that's the exact phrase that's on the back of his shirt as well. It's like O-S-M-A-J at the end. So they just basically put whatever letters have fallen on the shop floor in the morning and they just stick that on the back of the shirt. Uh, so Matt gets him two points for the uh, result and the goal scorer. And uh, Andy had, uh, had rocked in with a 1-0 Hull City win. Sadly, he got for Delap for the goal scorer, though, so he doesn't get a bonus points for the goal scorer. But does get two points for the correct score. Our second game saw my boys taking on Stoke City off the back of a seven-game winning streak. Would they be able to carry it on? No. Is the short answer. Um, and that was uh, was almost put to the sword as, as early as the eighth minute um, when uh, Stoke scored from a corner... Um, was taken from the right-hand side, uh, and an unmarked Michael Rose uh, just ran from the edge of the box and just planted his header firmly in the back of the Boronet. Senid Yang in the butt in the goal had no chance, really. Um, there was a couple of chances that Burad, um, after that went in, there was a ball made through to the back post where um, Josh Coburn controlled it and tried to hit it on the swivel, uh, just fired it straight over the uh, past the post. A um, couple of couple of chances that were sort of like brought saves from the goalkeeper, but nothing, nothing concrete. And Stoke's lead was uh, was doubled on the 37th minute um, when a ball was played in from the left hand side by their left back um, to a guy on the edge of the box who fed it uh, to the right into the path of Medi Leris, uh, who slotted it under uh, under Dieng into the bottom left hand corner to make it two 0 uh, and that's how it kind of, uh, that's how it stayed. It kind of petered out from there. A couple more chances for the team sort of um, come, came and went. Nothing too concrete there. Um, uh, yeah, it petered out to a, to a, a disappointing 2-0 win for Stoke City. Um, sadly, none of us had gone for anything other than a Middlesbrough win here. So, no points for anyone uh, for the result. Um and also, no one had Rose or Larice as their goal scorers for Stoke. So, no points across the board uh, for that game, sadly. Uh, our third game of the week saw Andrew uh, Andrew's team 
his newly adopted Shrewsbury town. Um, and sadly for Mr. Cook, the ink wasn't even dry on his Shrewsbury tattoo before he's having to book back in with the tattoo artist to get a new one, as Wigan played Shrewsbury this weekend, and uh, they put them to the sword 2-0. Goals from Humphreys and Lang was uh, was enough to see off the mighty Shrews, um, meaning that Andrew will change teams once again and become a Wigan Athletic supporter uh, later on in the week. Um Predictions-wise, Andy had backed his new charges for a 1-0 win with Watts to get the goal. So, sadly, no points across the board there. Um, Stewart gone for a 1-1 draw with Asgard to score for Wigan. Sadly, he wasn't able to, uh, you know, put the uh, put the Norse uh, the Norse god in him to, uh, to good use. Uh, sadly, that didn't pan out for him. Uh, Matter to score for Shrewsbury. Um, no points there for Stu. Myself and Matt had gone for two one Wigan wins, so get ourselves a point for the result. Um, I had gone for McGuinness and Humphreys to score for, uh, for Wigan, so I get myself a bonus point for the goal scorer there. Uh, sadly, Matt had gone for McGuinness and White to score for Wigan, so it just gets the one point for the result. Um, our fourth game of the week takes us to Merseyside, where Liverpool were taking on Nottingham Forest. Um, this one was played on Sunday in the two o'clock slot, but wasn't available on TV, which is rather rather irritating for all involved. How did it play out, Mr. Moore? I don't know what other terrible game was it? Everton. West Ham versus Everton was the uh, was the one thirty kickoff that was selected for for TV. What a treat for everybody! <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I mean, to be fair, it's probably best that this game wasn't on telly for the Forest fans because I think the the feedback, I've not seen it, I've not watched, I didn't watch it on Match of the Day because Match of the Day 2 does my head in. Um, so, um, but yeah, apparently abject performance all around the, the kind of, I think the new players that have settled in seem to have settled in all right had a bit of a shock um, going to Liverpool. I think I said on last week's podcast that Liverpool have turned it round, like sneaky turned it round this season. It's kind of gone under the radar how well Liverpool have started the season, annoyingly. Um, so, yeah, I, I think I, I, I think, yeah, going by my prediction, I'm not, I wasn't too surprised by the result. I think the problem that everybody had from like reading the press reports and you know, like, there's a, is that the Forest performance was just a bit abject. Um, Murillo kind of got a little bit caught out by trying to do fancy the fancy stuff that he did at Palace the other week and kind of caught, got caught out on the ball. Dominguez as well, who started the started his Forest career really, really nicely. He kind of had a bit of a shaky uh, game. Sangare, who was like the jewel in the summer window crown has struggled to settle in and just to kind of give it an extra kick uh, Forrest lost wood before uh, before the start of the game we've all been um, we've all been there Matthew we've all, we've all been done there. it just you know just before you wanted to kick off couple too we many ales and uh... it's alright they had the langer up, up front uh, <laughs> um, 
disappointing all round. But a 3-0 loss with Jota and Nunes scoring within four minutes of each other in the first half. And of course, old Mo Salah coming on to just kind of finish it off midway through the second half. Um, one bit of good news, old Taiwo was back uh, for the last 20 to 30 minutes. But he's on a bit of a minutes restriction because we are... He's the only striker we have in the club at the moment who's fit. Uh, Which yeah. is kind of ridiculous when you consider like at the at the close of the transfer window last summer, they probably had too many strikers, really. Because uh, they had obviously they'd signed Wood, um, so they had so they had oh, one, at, the, at the end of August. Got, just got. No, if, it's, if you go back to January of last year. Because obviously they'd brought Wood in in the transfer window. Yeah. The one year was still there. They still had Brennan Johnson. They had um, Emmanuel Dennis. I think Sam Surridge was still technically contracted to the club. So they must have had like six or seven strikers for the yeah. one year. I think. And, and now they've gone the complete opposite <laughs> where they've not got enough depth. I think, I think it's one of their ones where you kind of go... I think there was a lot of kind of... It's this balancing of the books, though, isn't it? I think I mean, that's the big thing, is this, this financial fair play side of things. And you've got to be always, like, one step ahead of the game. So, you know, Surridge was going to leave no matter what because he was just stagnating in the squad and wasn't going to get a game. And even there was times during the season where he was the only striker available and wasn't going to get a game. Um, Dennis, apparently his attitude stunk. <laughs> which which was why they just wanted him out of there. Um, I think the thought was that Elanga was uh, is the Johnson replacement, but he's just not quite at that Brennan Johnson stage yet. And the way that Forrest played, particularly the way that Forrest played, I'm excited, I've got my glasses off. Uh, the way that Forrest played on Sunday, that just wasn't going to suit him. And they hadn't, because Wood... I think it was injured in the warm-up. They hadn't had a chance to practice anything anyway. So, yeah, it's a difficult one, isn't it? Because obviously you can only carry so many players in your squad. Um, and you think if you've got three strikers, that should be enough. Because the standard, whilst we haven't got as many strikers as we had last, last you know, come January, I would say the standard of the three strikers is better. Yeah. But, it's no good when all three of them are sat next to each other in the physio room. So, yeah, hopefully their fortunes will turn. Um, but, yeah, so, yeah, 3-0 loss, disappointed. Yeah, I think it was one of those games where you kind of, it's, it's, it'll definitely have been one of those games that will add on the schedule and earmarked as a sort of a free, no one expects them to get anything from it. So, I think not it's going to gone to the... I think because they've gone to the past, what, the three or, last three or four free hits and got good performances, good performances at, at Arsenal, United and Man City, even though they lost. Um, obviously, they won at Chelsea. I think it's I think just some fans have seen it as a step backwards, but we saw it last season where they started off quite nicely. Then they had to integrate all these players into, this, into, the, into the system. And then hopefully they'll come good again in the next few weeks. 
otherwise uh, get your money on Steve Cooper being sacked. Yeah, unfortunately, that, uh, that, that is probably the... Um... The, uh, the upshot of that is that that is probably what will end up happening, sadly. Um, but, yeah, we could we could do, discuss that for hours and, and, and you know, all the Angelos' itchy trigger finger. But we, we, we won't get into that now. We'll, we'll save that for the inevitable podcast when he does get binned. Um, Predictions-wise, uh, Andy was obviously in his optimistic position again and had gone for a 2-1 Nottingham Forest win. Um, Wooden Alanga to score. So no points there. Did, however, get himself a point back for picking a Salah goal. So well played, Mr. Cook. There. The rest of us all sensibly taken a Liverpool win. Uh, Matt had gone for three-one, so was very close to getting two points. Um, so just the one point for the result, but does get a point as he had Salah to score twice. Almost got himself a second bonus point as he had Gakpo, but he had his goal ruled out for uh, an infringement, I believe. So. Uh, myself and Stu had both gone for 2-0 wins. I had gone for Salah to score twice, so just get one bonus point there for the goal scorer. Stu went for 2-0 with Nunes and Diaz to score. Now, obviously, Diaz, very unfortunate situation where he missed the game because his, his father has been kidnapped back in Colombia. Um, so a horrible, horrible situation there. Hopefully that will resolve itself sooner rather than later and he's able to be um, brought back in so he can concentrate on on football rather than his, uh, his family situation. So, um, so two point that it was actually his mum and dad that had gone Oh, was it both? I just thought it was his yeah. dad. They found, they found his mum but not his dad yet, so it's a bit of a right. weird one, that. Yeah, like, like we said, fingers crossed, hopefully he gets sorted uh, sooner rather than later. So two points for me, two points for Stu, two points for Matt, one point for Andy. Our last game of the week was a EFL Cup game where Exeter City were taking on my boys, Middlesbrough. And this one started um, rather terribly for Borough as they were 1-0 down within about 15 minutes. Let me just double-check the exact time of the goal. Uh, yep, 13 minutes they were down. Goal scored by Ryan Trevitt. Uh, there was a ball that was clicked into the box from the right-hand side and uh, Trevitt just kind of hit it first time to lift it over the goalkeeper. Um, hit the underside of the par and, and bounced in. It was one of those kind of hit and hope but ended up looking like a bit of a wonder strike. Um, keeper had no chance, really. Um, it stayed that way for the, uh, for, the, for the rest of the first half. Um, and then, as Borough tend to do, they started the second half really quickly. Um uh, Morgan Rogers got the equaliser on the 49th minute. Um, the ball had been won back in the exit of half by the left back Alex Bangura, uh, who laid the ball off to Rogers on the edge of the box. Uh, he dropped his shoulder to cut inside and then just bent a lovely uh, arching shot into the top right hand corner, giving the keeper no chance on that one. Um, and they took the lead uh, about 10 minutes later when Sammy Silvera got the second goal on the 59th minute. A very similar sort of area of the pitch. Um, again, it was the left back Bangora who was carrying the ball forward, um, laid the ball up, laid the ball off to Sammy Silvera, who again jinks inside and does exactly the same move, but keeps the ball on the floor rather than lifting it in the air. And it goes, uh, and the ball just gets whipped into the bottom right hand corner this time. Again, keeper unsighted, no chance there. Um, 
the Exeter boys brought it back to 2-2 um, when Ryan Trevitt again on the 66th minute um, the second the ball was won back in uh, in the midfield I think it was a mistake by Hayden Hackney uh, the ball was played off to Trevitt on the edge of the box um, he took a shot took a clip off Paddy McNair's shoulder uh, wrong foot the keeper and just went straight in the top corner again keeper had no chance with it the deflection took it completely out of his reach uh, so it was 2-2 uh, until the 82nd minute when um, uh, the ball was played into the box um, cleared out as far as um, around the penalty spot when Morgan Rogers went up for the header um, and the defender just basically pulled his shirt as he was going to the ground so the guy Rogers tried to get up for the header but was just pulled back down to the ground clear penalty Unfortunately for Exit, it was the uh, it was the gold star at Trevitt that actually uh, pulled um, Morgan Rogers to the ground. Um, so the penalty was given. Up stepped Emmanuel Latte last just to roll the ball. The other side of the keeper gave him, almost given him the eyes, stuck it in the right hand side, uh, and that's how the game finished. Three two to the Borough. Borough managed to find themselves in the last eight of the uh, of the EFL Cup for this season. The, uh, the furthest we've gone in. Uh, I think about five or six seasons actually. So um, fingers crossed when the draws made later on this evening, they'll uh, get a uh, a handsome tie. One of the ties they could possibly get is Port Vale, who were the other team to get through last night. They were playing Mansfield away and they won one nil. So Port Vale and Middlesbrough are the first two teams into the hat for the quarter-final draw. And you you were talking there about being Middlesbrough's first time in the fourth round for a few years. It's the first time ever the Veil have got into the fourth round, which is it's pretty kind of spectacular considering Certainly how long they've been around. And they were decent at some stages. Yeah, they've been as high as the, uh, as the championship in my lifetime. So, yeah, nice. Uh, hopefully, uh, from, a, from a Port Vale perspective, they'll obviously be wanting one of the bigger boys, um, get a little bit of money in the coffers, uh, or they might, want, they might want to draw the borough. The uh, the lowest the other lowest team leg left in the competition. They might see that as a as a chance for getting to the semi finals. Predictions wise, we'd all pick the Borough win, so we each get a point for the result. Um, goal scorer wise, uh, no one had Trevitt from Exeter, so no one gets any points for the Exeter goal scorers. Um, Stuart McGree and Housen for Borough. Matt had Coburn and Greenwood for Borough, so no points for them for the goal scorers. I had Silvera and Gilbert, so I do get a bonus point for Sammy Silvera scoring. Andy had Rogers and Silvera scoring, so he gets himself two bonus points for that. So, for the week, um, Stu, four points from five games. Very respectable. Myself, Matt and Andy, six points from five games. So, a nice little three-way tie at the top of the leaderboard there. That is week 13, done and dusted. Um, we're going to take a small break just to compose ourselves before we bring you the one, two, three, four, five games that are being played in week 14. So you guys don't need to do anything as your feed will just update easy as pie. But for us, we're going to take a short break and then bring you week 14's predictions. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Recording in progress. See? Told you. Won't be away for that long. For you guys. It was mere seconds. So, 
Week 13 is done, does it? We're week 14, five games, as we said before, we took a little break. So, week 14 starts off with my boys, Middlesbrough, their second trip to Devon within the space of four days. Surely they've stayed. Oh they've got to have stayed, surely. Well, you'd like to think so, but like, obviously the fans that went to Exeter on Tuesday are now going to Plymouth on Saturday. Uh, and according to the website, away allocation for both games completely sold out. That's going to get a... Really give six tickets. <laughs> in excess of, of 2,000 for both games, I believe. So, fair play. Well, well played, Borough. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't think you could pay me to go to Exeter on a Tuesday night. Not so you could not fly. You could fly there, but I can't imagine that the flights are going to be um, extensive either. You know, I can't imagine they're plentiful. I mean, when I had a look for when I had a look for flights, I think it it was still yeah. It'll you'll still have to connect, but you'll have to connect through like Alicante. It was like, hang on a second, what? That can't be true. Um, so yeah, so Plymouth Argyle versus Middlesbrough. Our first game of week fourteen. Obviously, it's my team, so I will give my prediction last. Let's go to Matt for his prediction on this one. What have you got, sir? I've gone for a two-one for a win. One-two. Uh, your Plymouth goal scorer, please. Hardy. And your two Middlesbrough goal scorer. Uh, Latte, Laugh, and Rogers. Very nice. Andy? 2-0 uh, a, a, a nil 2 uh, Latte, Laugh, and Silvera. Very nice. Stew? A uh, little bit more subdued after the uh, Stoke results, so I've gone for, and, and bear in mind, I've seen Plymouth play already this season. Another team that aren't there for nice football, so I've gone for a 1 1. Uh, I've gone for Kundal, be careful with that one for Plymouth, and Jones. So, to as a partner, I think you're picking Jones until he scores, aren't you? Well. I mean, there was a point where I didn't pick him and then he kept doing it. So, you know, it's, um, he's due. He's definitely due. Well, let's hope, eh? So, just made to predict, I've also gone for a 1-2. Um, Plymouth seem to be a bit up and down form-wise. They, they seem to be able to lose one week and then put five past Norwich the next. Really, bit up and down. Uh, I've gone for Whitaker to score Plymouth, Rogers and Latte Lap. Might have heard those two names before for Borough. Our second game of the week is the sort of Williams Woodmansey Derby of sorts <coughs> where West Bromwich Albion take on Hull City. Obviously, my better half family are from the West Bromwich region that is why it becomes a derby of sorts. Mr. Uh, Mr. Wombatty's team, so he will give his prediction last. I'll jump in here. I've gone for a 2-2 draw. For Phillips and Thomas Asante to score for West Brom. Philogene and Delap to get the goals for Hull. Matt, what have you got for West Brom versus 
full. I've gone for a draw also, but just the one each. Your goal scorers, please. Uh, Thomas Asante and Lap. Very close to mine. Very nice. Andrew? Uh, a nil one to Hull. And your Hull goal scorer? Uh, Delap also. Very nice. Stu? Well, just to round it out nicely, let's let's cover the full spectrum, shall we? I've gone for a West Bromwich Albion 2 0 win. Oh. Yeah, back back to standard. Uh, I've gone for, is it Pippa or Piper? Um, P-I-P-A is the, uh, the spelling. Uh, and Wallace, because, you know, tosser. <laughs> now, is he a tosser just because he used to play for, uh, for Millwall? No, oh, that's fair yeah. enough. Yeah. That's, that's we can go on board with it. That's absolutely fine. <laughs> um, our third game of the week sees... Exeter City, fresh off their pummeling by the Borough, taking on Andrew's latest squeeze of Wigan Athletic, which is Andy's team. We'll let the ink dry on his tattoo first before we come to him for his predictions. Therefore, I will jump in here. I've gone for Wigan to win 2-1. I've gone for Trevitt to score for Exeter, again off the back of his stellar performance against the Borough. Then I've gone for Humphreys and Wyke to score for Wigan. Stu, what have you got for Exeter versus Wigan? I have also got Exeter 1, Wigan 2. And uh, off the highs of their cup heroics, I have gone for Kite to score for Exeter. Oh, that's lovely. Uh, uh, I've gone for Lang and Adiko for Wigan. No prizes for why he's picked. Deco. Uh, Matthew, what have you got for this one, please? I've got a 2-1 Wigan win. <laughs> Funny. Can't, can't say can't stop where I've heard that before. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you go, Scarlett? Mitchell for Exeter. Yep. And Wank and Godo for Wigan. Go, go, go. G-O-D-O? I looked at that one myself. Because I was gonna put I was gonna pick that him and a deco, but I couldn't do that. So. <laughs> uh, Andy, how are your latest set of lads gonna get on for you? I've just got a 1-0 Wigan win. I've gone with McGuinness. Ah, he's seen the name. He's recognised the name and he's felt yes. I want this. I want this in my life. That is a hundred percent true. It's, it's a man who helps teams to League One titles. What can I say? It's, it wouldn't be his first time. Let's put it that way. Our next game sees Nottingham Forest taking on Aston Villa. Obviously, Mister Moore's team. He will go last. Stu, what have you got for this one? I'm really sorry, Matt. I feel dirty for this. But Villa seem to be on a bit of a tear at the moment. So I've gone for Forest 1, Villa 2. I've got uh, Ilanga for Forest. This is the point where Matt tells me he's now knackered. Um, right, OK, we're good. Um, and uh, Watkins and uh, Diaby for Villa. Uh, 
so annoyed by that prediction that he's had to leave. <laughs> uh, Andy? Did did Matt say that Wood was out? It sounds like he was... He, I don't know if he got injured in the warm-up or something against uh, Liverpool, but I don't know if that means he's definitely out for this week. What is that? OK, well, I've got, I've got a... I've got a 2-1 Forest win, and I have... To change a goal scorer, so I've got a, I've got a Langer for one of the Forest goals, and Watkins for the Villa, and you may have to come. Oh, did did you say a one you was back? Oh, well, there we go. A one you for the other one, then please. I certainly hope he's back, as I too have gone for a 2-1 scoreline. This guy gets it. But like Stu, I've gone for it to be in Aston Villa's favour, sadly. Um, like Stu said, Villa seems to be on a bit of a tear. Obviously, everyone's talking about the fact that all the teams at the top have got like 26 points or 24 points or something like that. Villa have got 22. So like they're like legitimately like up there with like at the top of the league, which is ridiculous. Um, I've gone for a one need to score for Forest, then I've got Watkins and Douglas Louise to score for Villa. Um, what do you reckon, Matt? How's it going to pan out? Well, on social media, there's been a lot of sharing, and not Forest, to be fair, not Forest doing this this time. Uh, or, oh, look, Forest are one of the only teams that are unbeaten at home still. Um, they haven't, they've not lost, they've lost two games at home in two years, and all that kind of thing. And it's a bit like, mm, all right then. Um, so I've gone for a 3-2 Villa win. <laughs> Goal scorers? I've got Gibbs, White and Alanga for Forest. And then I've got yeah. Diaby. Yeah. McGinn, because I've said this before and it happened before. Forest tried to sign him. He turned Forest down for Villa. And he always seems to score against Forest. And you all forgot the old boy rule, Mike Cash. Uh, of course. I did say that. That seemed to be popping up from right back there. He scored. He scored a few. He scored quite a few of them for Villa. So was it that kielbasa that he's uh, that he's adopted into his diet now? Or his pierogi. That's what's giving him the energy to uh, put teams to the sword. He's gone all oh, this. He's all official now as well because uh, my lads have been collecting the Premier League cards and he's not known as Matty Cash on the card. It's like Matthias Cash or proper actual Matthew Cash. He's not not this Matty business now. He's big now. He's Billy Big Bollocks now. Oh, is it like is it like Matthew but spelled like E U or something like that? Well, it, it it's it's an official. I think actually the reason it's sticking out is because that's the only Villa player that they don't have in their collection. So. For anyone who's uh, collecting the cards, obviously, get in touch with Mr. Wumpety. Yeah, absolutely. Our final game of the week sees Andy's boys again, Wigan Athletic, taking on Peterborough United. Um, Tough game, this one. Um, Sadly, I believe we might be seeing another change of team for Mr. Cook. I've gone for a 3-1 Peterborough win. I've gone for Asgard to uh, muster up the, uh, the... Uh, you know, the look of the gods for Wigan to get the goal 
I've got two for Clark Harris and one for Jade Jones. And uh, that wasn't uh, that wasn't a person's uh, first and second name. That was both of their surnames. Hopefully, at some point, they'll have children which will marry each other, and they'll just combine the two double-barreled surnames together to be uh, Clark Harris J. Jones. But we can we can only live in hope. Um, Stu, what have you got for this? Um, I don't think either team have been doing particularly badly. I think if there is to be a winner, it probably is Peterborough, but I just couldn't bring myself to do it. Like, I feel like we've not delved into the world of the extra feature of what pie can we, we have in honour of Andy's team this week. So, um, I've gone for a one-all draw, and I've got Humphreys for Wigan, and just purely for you in the book, I've got uh, Kiprianu for... Peterborough. I've spelled it how I believe it is spelled. If I don't see that spelling anywhere on the uh, on the goal scoring sheet, you are getting the point. That's just how I play. That's just how I play these games. Um, Matt, uh, I unfortunately have gone for a for another change in team. Uh, so I've gone for a two-one Peterborough win. Um, and I've got Humphreys to score for Wigan. Yeah, and then I've also gone double-double-barrelled. Uh, Clark Harris and Mason Clark. I like the symmetry of it. Surely it would have been better to have gone for Mason Clark, Clark Harris. Uh, no. No, 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 he's fine. He's happy with his choice. He's happy with his decision. Uh, Andy, you get the joy of rounding out the uh, the week's predictions for us. How do you see this one going? Simple, elegant, 1-0 Wigan. And uh, I, I went with Stones. <laughs> Stones. I love it. For those of you who only listen to the podcast, treat yourself this week and uh, have a little watch of it on YouTube to see Andy's um, gesture that he did for the uh, the, uh, the 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 goal scorer of Stones there. Uh, that that's, is not, the that's not the thumbnail, I'll be disappointed. Is all I'm yeah, there is also that, that's true. Uh, that's the end of the predictions uh, for this week. Um, one thing I did forget to do last week, even though Mr. Wilberty had provided me with the details, but I didn't give... The, um, the betting uh, lines that he provided me last week. So, one, apologies to the listeners for me being a horrendous, horrendous person. Um, also, apologies to Mr. Rumsey for uh, putting in that effort and me uh, not reciprocating by actually giving the information out. So, apologies across the board there. I do understand you've got the uh, the stats there for us for this week for the wins, the draws and the defeats. I do. So, actually, as it happened last week, it didn't really matter that much because we didn't get as close as we did the week before when it was the 89th minute before Borough had to go and win. Um, damn them. Uh, yeah, so this week, we've got the odds on all of the, the three uh, regular teams losing at 12.6 to 1. Uh, the draw at fifty to one, 
and all three of the, the regular teams to win at 23.5 to 1. So, I mean, a draw would be nice, money-wise, but, you know, I'd, as always, I'd rather all three of our teams win, and it's still sort of like the middle amount of money for the for the week as well. So, um, the, the week before, when obviously I missed last week, but when we were in the 88th minute, I was like, oh, my God, I, like, my watch had gone off. Like we were drawing against Southampton. I knew Forest were drawing, and I was like, "Oh my god, it's happening! It's happening!" And then, yeah, it went off to say that Borough had scored, and then we let in a 96-minute like goal to lose anyway. At which point, didn't really care anymore. <laughs> but um, but yeah, fingers crossed this week. All three teams will win, and then it'll be um, a nice little £23.50. Better in anyone's pocket than the bookies. Um, that's it, gents. Unless anyone's got anything they want to bring to the table. Um, I am actually venturing to the club tomorrow, so Thursday, as not to date it terribly, but just have done. Um, no game, obviously, but because it is half term for the Kiddie Winks, uh, the owners are taking it upon themselves to ingratiate themselves even further with the locals. This week they have already done a, a pizza and not FIFA night, because it's not called FIFA anymore, um, for members. So you could take your kids, they could play FIFA against the uh, professional footballers. Uh, they also did a sign-in session on Tuesday, whereby it was just the summer sign-ins, so all of the people who haven't done many signings uh, for the club you could again go to the club shop clearly buy lots of stuff uh, and then get your bits and bobs all signed up but yeah we are going on a stadium tour tomorrow so quite excited well the lads are uh, they'll they'll get to see the lo- lovely lovely tiling in the uh, changing rooms and then walk down the tunnel but not go on the pitch because you know that's not allowed um, but yeah, the, it, it, and it's all for free. None of this is like a, a, an effort to make any extra money off like admission or anything like that. Clearly, the club shop will be open, and if it's not, I'll be be disappointed in their business acumen. But um, they've now is, done is, this. Is there a way that they can lead the tour so that it ends in the club shop? Based on my knowledge of being a former employee of said club shop. Yes, but it's whether they want people to see that route, shall we say, because they might be, you know, going past important offices and such. But, um, but yeah, there is. They could they could do that. But I, I just think they've, they've done it every half term now. Like when it's the, the shorter half terms, obviously they don't do it every week during the summer. But, but I just think it's a really nice thing to do. Like they don't have to do it. Absolutely. Um, it makes makes a lot of sense. So, off the back of a positive result last week in a full house, it only serves to then, you know, with the kids for a quid, bring the kids on a stadium tour. Mum, dad, can we go next week? And it, it just grows from there, doesn't it? They've got their head screwed on with that. So, looking forward to it. Absolutely, I think I think a lot of teams need to sort of focus more on the, getting the, the sort of the support of tomorrow through the gate and stuff like that and obviously 
if you can get the kids excited about seeing the, the, the inner workings of the club, then you're kind of on the on the right sort of um, you're on the right track. Certainly. So any anything they can do where it's you know like you say kids for a quid or uh, you know freebies during the half term breaks and stuff like that. So it'll certainly always uh, it won't ever go unnoticed from a uh, children's perspective. I dare say. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much uh, to these three gentlemen, as always, for joining me to uh, discuss the ins and outs of our football teams and bring them to you. Um, join us again next week, where we'll do it all over again. You never know, Stu might have even made some money. Uh, but until then, stay, take care of yourselves, and uh, we'll see you all in about seven days' time. Tati, bye. So there you go, what do you think to that? Another week of games gone, another week of games to come. Big thank you for watching, big thank you for listening, big thank you for being here. If I can ask you to do something before you go, or a few things, please consider like, share, subscribe and comment. Leave a review where you can leave a review. Uh, check out the website, thecookieass.com. There we've got social media links and an email button, and that way you can get in touch with us. That's it for this one. Till next time, I'm going to say bye, and I'll see you then. Thank you for listening to these grumpy old men talk about football. If you've enjoyed this episode, please like, share and subscribe.